Hello, and welcome to Conversations from the World of Allergy, a podcast produced by the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. I'm your host, Dave Stukas. I'm a board-certified allergist and immunologist and serve as a social media medical editor for the Academy. Our podcast series will use different formats to interview thought leaders from the world of allergy and immunology. This podcast is not intended to provide any individual medical advice to our listeners. We do hope that our conversations provide evidence-based information. Any questions pertaining to one's own health should always be discussed with their personal physician. The Find an Allergist search engine on the Academy website is a useful tool to locate a listing of board-certified allergists in your area. Finally, use of this audio program is subject to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology Terms of Use Agreement, which you can find at www.aaai.org. We are pleased to welcome Drs. Becky Scherzer and Kay Horner to today's episode. Dr. Scherzer is a professor of pediatrics at Nationwide Children's Hospital and The Ohio State University College of Medicine in Columbus, Ohio. At her institution, Dr. Scherzer serves as section chief of the Division of Allergy and Immunology, as well as director of the Allergy Immunology Fellowship Training Program and of medical student education. Dr. Horner is an associate professor of pediatrics in the Division of Allergy, Immunology, and Pulmonary Medicine at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. Dr. Horner is the associate director of the Pediatric Allergy Immunology Fellowship Training Program, a member of the Joint Task Force on Practice Parameters for Allergy Immunology, and a former recipient of the Art Trust Gail G. Shapiro Clinical Faculty Award through the Academy's Foundation for her work on pediatric asthma. Both Dr. Scherzer and Dr. Horner have dedicated their careers to medical education and are here today to discuss the Academy's intersection and committee structure and ways for all Academy members to become more involved. Well, hello, doctors. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dave. Thank you for having us here, Dave. We're looking forward to talking about all the wonderful ways to get involved with the Quad AI. Well, I I think it's going to be a very enlightening conversation, and I know uh, I have had uh, uh, some confusion surrounding some of the terminology and things like that. But before we get into those details, I'd like to just start by asking each of you to offer a glimpse into your career paths. As I mentioned, you're both uh, very dedicated to medical education, which is aspirational. So Dr. Scherzer, what drew you into academic medicine and specifically your work in medical education? I have always um, loved working with other learners um, as a resident, working with medical students and other residents, and also, you know, when I was a fellow, working with residents and medical students, and that just carried over into my career that um, when I started as a faculty member at Nationwide Children's Hospital, I was very lucky early on in my career and in my training to have wonderful mentors that really helped kind of move me into that area because I wanted to work with learners really at all levels and, and, and be very involved with education, I knew that academics was the right place for me to be. Oh, excellent. Dr. Horner, what influenced your early career path into academics and what opportunities have contributed along the way? Um, so my main interest after fellowship was actually pediatric asthma clinical research. So I continued um, in academic medicine to focus on that um, area. And so some of the things that I did were I earned a master's in clinical investigation. And then luckily um, through the the benefit of the Quad quad AI, I received the Gail Shapiro Faculty Award to uh, pursue my research. And then later in my career, I changed my focus to education and also guideline development. Um, And the things that have influenced me the most, I think are personal mentors. So I've been lucky to have um, wonderful mentors at my institution and also through the Quad AI. And I think my involvement in committees 
um, has been a great way for me to get um, some advice from people outside my institution who have really helped me pursue the things that I'm passionate Well, that's great. And, you know, both of you mentioned uh, the keyword mentor, uh, and I think that's going to sort of overlay a lot of what we talk about here with the uh, committees and intersections. Well, Dr. Scherzer, how have you been involved in the academy committees or intersections throughout your career? So I was um, very lucky early on in my career. I answered, and one of the themes you'll hear me say is, is get involved and, and, and find ways to, to, to meet people through the academy. I was in, young in my career, and I answered an email um, to work with a group that was looking at writing some guidelines. And I was nervous about it. I felt like it was a little bit of a stretch for where I was in my career, but um, the group took a chance on me. And out of that came working with one committee, which then moved to another committee, and it led to working up through different areas within committees and intersection um, within the academy. And I really can look back at that one email that I responded to. And so one of my, my little pearls from this is really think about um, when you get an email asking, do you want to collaborate on something? Do you want to join this committee or be involved in writing this manuscript? It is such a wonderful way to meet people. And then as you meet people, you really, you meet more people. Um, and it's a great way to get involved. And, 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 and just in a couple of years, you will be both probably a mentee and a mentor um, to other folks within our field. So just showing up is half the battle, right? Yeah, showing up and doing a great job, like showing up and, and really investing in what you do. And I'm a big believer in work-life balance. So there are times where, you know, you just, you can't say yes. Um, but if it's something you can say yes to, even if it's a stretch, like I said, it, it's worth doing because it really can start some amazing um, relationships, mentorships um, that you didn't even see coming. Mm. Dr. Horner, how about yourself? What's your involvement been like through various academy committees or intersections? So I started my involvement with the Academy as a fellow in training. Um, the first Academy meeting I went to, I met some fellows who were on the FIT committee and they suggested that I go to the meeting. So I went to the early Saturday morning meeting and um, really liked what I heard. And then I ran for vice chair and then ultimately became chair of the FIT committee. So that's how I started. Um, after being involved with FIT committee, I was involved with NIA or the new allergist immunologist assembly, um, which as you may know, is for, um, new, newer allergists who are less than five years out from their training. Um, so I was really involved with NIA and I was also on the in-training exam committee, um, where we write the in-training exam for the fellows. But then after I was in NIA and it ended at, I guess, five years out, I was kind of trying to figure out where I should get involved again. So I actually joined the Asthma Cough Diagnosis and Treatment Committee. And then I was nominated for the Asthma Diagnosis and Treatment Intersection Secretary. And so I think I've been involved at different levels through um, fellowship, um, to junior faculty and then a little more senior faculty. And it's been a great experience. Like Becky said, I think meeting so many different people, learning so many different things. And I feel like I've made relationships that um, I wouldn't have other my, otherwise um, had. And I just really love being involved in the academy. 
Well, you are quite the overachiever. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I'd like to point out for our listeners, if anybody's getting palpitations listening to you, and for those who have met Dr. Horner, you're just, just so, so lovely uh, and, and great to work with. But uh, it's one step at a time, right? It's you sort of uh, say yes to one opportunity and then you sort of move along. And, and as you sort of highlighted, it's, uh, you know, one uh, one endeavor leads to another and so on and so forth. So it's not like you did all of these things all at once right out of the gate, right? <laughs> yeah, no. And I think the other thing is that if you really do something you enjoy, people can tell and and they'll ask you to do more things. Um, and you, of course, have the option to say yes or no. But I think if it's something you love and you really enjoy it, that, that it just brings more opportunity and a lot of joy to... Um, at least to my life, has been brought forward from these committees. Yeah, well, that's great. Dr. Scherzer, when I talk to some of our colleagues, many of them really don't understand the structure of the academy and get confused by terms such as intersections, divisions, committees, and, and so on and so forth. Can you explain what these are and how they differ from one another? Yeah, I'd be happy to. That's a great question. So um, there are eight intersections within the academy, and they are on a variety of really wonderful topics. <laughs> And intersections are, are, are different parts of the, inside the academy that you can join at any time. If you go to your um, homepage at the Quad AI website, um, and you can go into and look inside your account, and you can list what your interests are. And so there are, again, eight intersections, and they range from topics covering anaphylaxis, immunology, food allergy, health outcomes, mechanisms of asthma and allergic inflammation. So there's so many different ways um, to get involved from the intersections. Again, within your login, within the Academy website, you can go in and pick your main intersection. So the one that probably best aligns with your interests, but you can also put a second intersection in there. And what's nice about being in the intersections is that you have the ability once you're in them to get the emails from the group. So you'll get an email that says, do you wanna work on this collaboration? Do you wanna work on this paper? Do you wanna be part of this, this research project? So it's a wonderful way to get pulled into different areas. And I can say by working through different intersection, I'm mostly in um, BCI. I'm right now currently the chair of BCI, but I also have worked within um, the ones that are, have been involved in food allergy. Um, it, it, I've really um, been involved in different projects and different groups and education tools that have been um, just wonderful people to, to, to work with and, and honestly to get to meet. It's nice then when you go to the meetings, you know folks, because each of the intersections have a business meeting. So you go to the business meeting, you start knowing people's names, their faces. It's, it's a, again, it's a great way to find good collaborations um, from a research standpoint and, and honestly from a clinical standpoint, because you start getting to know the experts in different areas. So that if I have a kiddo with a rare immunodeficiency, I know who to reach out to to get help. And I actually know them and they know who I am. So um, the intersections are a wonderful way to start. And they're large and, 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 you know, again, these big topics. Within the intersections, there are committees. So within basic and clinical immunology or BCI, for example, there's a vaccine committee. There's a, a primary immunodeficiency um, disorder committee. And those groups work on different areas, um, research, um, specific position papers within that area in allergy and immunology. And again, that's a great opportunity. Um, you may all remember, I don't know if you noticed them, we get a lot of, I'll get a lot of email from lots of places, but um, every year at the end of summer, beginning of fall, you get an email from the academy asking to join any, you know, any committees that you're interested in and it allows you to link in. And that's a great way to join a committee. 
Those usually get approved later in the year, right before the new year. So you can join it that way. You can also, at the Academy meeting, if you go to one of the committee meetings inside the intersections, if you go, you can join through being there too, and then you'll be put into that committee after that meeting. Um, and there's lots of wonderful people that work within the Academy that can help you with that. Um, if there is a committee that you're interested in and it's, you know, an off time of the year, you can reach out. There's so many great liaisons. They're listed at different places within the Academy website to help with that. So the interest sections are kind of these big overriding groups. And within them, there's committees that work on very, um, very kind of specific areas um, and do really wonderful work. They help with things like programming for the annual meeting and again, different kinds of position statements. There's also committees outside of the interest sections um, that do a lot of great work. There's ones in education and, and ones just to make sure that the academy is, is doing everything it can to support the community and the field. Um, and there's a whole list of them at the Quad AI website and you can walk through the website and get a great description and think about what, um, what you're interested in. Some, I would say a lot of the committees are ones that you can ask to be placed on. There are some um, that are smaller committees that are very focused that um, you would need to be um, selected to be put on. But again, those are, those are the minority and those are usually the ones that are very focused looking at specific areas. So there are so many great ways to get involved between intersections and committees in the academy. And, and as you mentioned, because it can be a lot to sort of digest, and thanks for the, the background and, and helping us better understand those, but the new uh, redesigned website, for those who haven't seen it yet, check it out. It, it's really, um, it's, it's quite easy to navigate, and there's uh, drop-down menus that show you all the different intersections and committees and things like that. Uh, Dr. Horner, um, Dr. Schuster just mentioned that there are eight different intersections. How many committees exist within the Academy? So by my last count, there's 25. So there's a lot of different committees you could you could potentially be involved in. And so as she discussed, there's the interest sections, so the different topic areas, and then there'll be a few committees under each different intersection. Typically, there's about two to five committees under each intersection. So you can locate your area of interest and then join. Um, and one of the things that I've found helpful on the website is there's actually what's called the Quad AI organizational chart. And it's a um, image of the different levels of um, structure and how it's organized. So for me, I'm a visual learner. And so I think that that chart helps um, convey the structure of the academy if you're not familiar with it. Mm. I've heard both of you mentioned sort of uh, overall, you know, great ways to get involved and some benefits that you've had in your career. But Dr. Horner, what are some tangible benefits that members can gain by joining and participating in committee work? Uh, can they get their names on papers or position statements or can they add it to their CV, for example? Yeah, so those are a few of the things that are very helpful. So um, I think one of the things is you wanna join something that you're interested in. Um, and so a lot of the committees will focus on projects with a common topic focus. So for example, there's work group reports where the intersection committees will come up with an idea for a topic that needs to be addressed and they'll actually publish what's called a work group report. There's also other um, position papers that, that they formulate. Um, some of the other things that committees formulate are education slide sets. So 
you can go on the Academy website and you'll find slide sets about certain topics. Those are usually formulated by specific committees that are focused on something. So for example, asthma slide set, things like that. Um, the, one of the other things that the committees do um, is they formulate proposals for the annual meeting. So when you go to the Academy meeting and you see what are the sessions that are offered, a lot of those sessions are formulated by the committees as those proposals. Of course, anyone can submit a proposal and we encourage that, but the committees will often um, know the topic areas and submit um, very good proposals for our meeting. And I think one of the other things that you can gain is leadership experience. So I think a lot of people um, wanna get involved, but they don't have a lot of idea of how to become a leader. And so I think being involved in the committees helps you find other people who are leaders and mentors for you. And then of course, um, a lot of these things can go on your CV or on your website, depending on your, um, your practice setting and what that means to you. And of course, as Becky and I have both said, um, I think the number one reason that, that we found the committees to be enjoy enjoyable is forming relationships. So networking forming relationships are not as tangible, but definitely a, a benefit of the committee involvement. So. Oh, that's great. And you you both touched upon this, and I just like to add as well. I, I couldn't agree more that you know the first time you sort of walk into a committee meeting, um, it, it's you have a bit of an imposter syndrome. that's very normal, uh, especially if you're early in your career. Uh, but just sitting and observing uh, how how our colleagues interact with each other and the structure of the committee and how you run a business meeting and things like that, it's an invaluable experience. And I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Dr. Scherzer, how do you recommend that Academy members, particularly those who recently joined or just completed fellowship training, decide which committees to join? Uh, we've heard, what, eight different intersections, 25 committees. Um, where do you begin? How, how can you decide? That's a great question. So I would recommend, especially if you are just coming out of training, thinking about NIA. Um, NIA is an amazing group within the Academy, and it is a wonderful way to meet and, and, and mingle with, um, both online and then at the meeting um, with, with other colleagues who have recently graduated. It's a great way to become involved with different kinds of committee work, um, education modules. There's lots of different ways that NIA works within the, the Academy to help learners within our field, but also thinking about learners outside our field who need to know more about allergy and immunology. Um, so I think that's a wonderful way, you know, especially if you've just come out of training. Joining interest sections is a is a terrific way to get your name within a certain group. So again, when those 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 kind of mass emails come out, you're on that list and you have the ability to answer, again, taking that chance sometimes and say, you know what, I would love to be involved with that. How can I help? Um, so that's really a good way to, to look at that. As you start thinking about, you know, what what committees you want to be on, think about what what you know what is your passion? What what do you want to fix, change, improve in the field of allergy and immunology? And that can really lead you down the path of what what committee is the best place for you? What interest section is the best for you? Um, like I said, I'm 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 involved with um, BCI or basic and clinical immunology, and um, I love being part of of different. Um, clinical aspects and research aspects of patients with primary immunodeficiency disorder. So coming out of fellowship, BCI is where I went and I knew I would wanna be on the primary immunodeficiency um, committee also. So again, what, where, where, where do you wanna work? What, what changes do you wanna make in our field? Um, that's a great way to start. And you don't have to join 
10 of the 25 committees, you know, pick the interest section again, that, that follows where your path, where you want your path to be and think about the, the couple of committees that will allow you to, to work in that area also. And I, I realize that to be on the listserv, you, you of course have to join the committee and, and be on that email distribution list. But what if somebody's just interested to see what, what happens at a meeting and it, can they just walk in and sit at a, during the annual meeting when a committee is meeting or do they have to be on the list in order to do that? No, 100%. They can come into any meeting. And we welcome people and encourage people, actually, who are thinking about ways to get involved to come to these committee meetings. It's a great way to learn more about the committee, more about the field. Again, and I know that, that Kay and I have said this multiple times, and it's a wonderful way to meet people that you can collaborate with from a clinical standpoint, from a research standpoint. You may find a mentor in the group. You might find that you are a mentor to someone else in the group. Um, so we definitely encourage at the meeting, go to committee meetings, meet people, learn more about the different areas inside our field in which you can work. Dr. Horner, is there a limit on the number of committees that any individual member can join simultaneously? And along those lines, are there term limits for each committee? So that's a good question. I'm not sure I know the official answer, but I don't think that there is a limit on how many committees you can join. However, I think that most people will limit themselves because there's only so many hours in the day. <laughs> yeah. And if you really want to be committed to um, to helping with the committee, I think you're going to limit yourself. Um, so as far as the terms for the committee, if you officially sign up for a committee, um, then you're given a committee term. So they'll tell you what the years are that you were appointed for the committee. However, um, most of those committees are renewable. So for example, I'm on the asthma, cough, um, diagnosis and treatment committee, and I have a term, but I pretty much re-enroll every time they say, do you want to re-enroll? So um, the term limits are, are formality for a lot of the committees, um, especially the committees that we're talking about, which are um, voluntary and um, anyone can join. So hopefully and what that's helpful. It's very helpful. And what if you decide that, you, that it's not for you? Uh, you know, your interests change or time constraints. Are you able to leave a committee early? Uh, or is it you know, like a, a magazine subscription and you're stuck for life? Sure, you can resign at any time. You just have to let the the staff member um, for the committee know that you're you're just going to move on, either to do something else or just you don't really have to give a reason. You just can let them know that you're not going to be a part of the committee. Um, so it's you're not stuck in it if you don't enjoy it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Dr. Scherzer, I want to kind of build upon what Dr. Horner mentioned in regards to, um, you know, time commitment and things like that. So what's a realistic expectation regarding the number of hours that each committee member commits to their work throughout the year, specific to that committee, of course? And are there periods with like, a, is there an ebb and a flow to it where you may just have more time you have to put in compared to others? So really, that's a, another great question that really depends on um, the committee. So if you're working within um, the one of the interest sections, as Kay had mentioned, we do a lot of the work for the um, for the uh, planning for the annual meeting. So there are times of the year when we're putting together the different sessions or in the fall when we're, we're reviewing all the abstracts and building all the abstract sessions um, that can be very busy within the intersections and within the, the committees. Um, and then other times of the year that's not as busy. Um, you know, again, just really depends on what committee you're on. Realistically, it depends on your role in the committee. If you're someone in leadership in the committee, you might put in more time than someone who's just part of the committee and helping out throughout the year. So it really can be very role dependent. 
Um, but it is, um, it is again, very rewarding and, and, you know, going in cause you, you, there's all, so many people that you can talk to. So if you're thinking about taking a position within a committee or looking at a leadership position, talking to someone who's been in that role is a great way to get a picture of, of when it is busy throughout the year and, and, and how much time you can expect to put in. Mm. Dr. Horner, each committee has a chair and a vice chair. Explain to us how these positions are selected and what roles do these individuals serve? Um, so for the interest section committees, which is what we're discussing mainly, um, what happens is the outgoing chair and the incoming chair will make a re recommendation to the board for who should be invited to serve as vice chair. So basically they, they look at the members of the current committee and they decide who they think should be the vice chair. Um, sometimes the chairs will actually ask for volunteers. So that's one of the things where you can pretty much self-nominate yourself um, to be a chair of a committee. Um, ultimately, the chairs will decide and then the board of directors will approve that, um, that nomination. As far as the roles of the officers, um, for the committees themselves, there's a chair and a vice chair. Um, and so what happens is like any committee, the chair is in charge and the vice chair is a helper. And as Becky was saying, the committees are different in what their focus is, but they all have um, activities that they do like um, formulating educational materials um, and submitting proposals to the annual meeting and things like that. And so really within the own committee, the chair and the vice chair divide up the um, duties according to what they prefer to do in their own committee. So it's not standardized from what I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Scherzer, do you have any tips for members who want to quote unquote climb the ladder, so to speak, and become a committee chair? So getting involved and then so joining the intersection of the committee and then being an active participant. So when an email goes out for help with you know one you know one activity or another, Going in and doing that and doing a great job is really how um, you get noticed and how you start, um, people start talking about you within, you know, that specific area and, and as someone who might be interested in moving into leadership positions. I also think it's very fair to, to, to talk to or look out for possible mentorship for the folks that are in the leadership positions at that time within that. So I definitely think reaching out and, 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 and using the different um, folks that are already very involved within the academy um, I also put in a quick plug. I know you um, did a podcast for the Leadership Institute, but the Leadership Institute is a wonderful way to learn more about the different leadership positions within the academy um, and get presentations and, and, and different kinds of sessions with wonderful, wonderful people who have been leaders within the academy in so many different areas. Um, there's also within the Leadership Institute, so there's the course that happens at the annual meeting. Um, there's wonderful seminars that can happen throughout the year. And there's also um, a great way to do a project with a mentor. So I'm not going to go too far into that because I know you have a, a wonderful podcast on that. But the Leadership Institute is another way to really kind of hone in on those skills um, and let people know that you're interested. The Academy is always looking for the next generation of leaders. And so really, again, showing that interest, showing up and doing a great job is the best way to, to really kind of start on those steps if you're looking to, to climb up that ladder. 
Mm, that's great. And I have no problem at all plugging our own podcast. And you're referencing episode 48, which was published on Friday, June 18th. So anybody can find that on the website. Uh, or if you subscribe to the podcast, then you will get it downloaded automatically. So thanks for mentioning. Uh, Dr. Horner, I'd love to hear from you on this topic as well. Do you have any words of wisdom to share for members who wish to seek more of a leadership pathway? Um, well, I would agree with Becky about the Leadership Institute. I, I was a participant and I learned a lot. So I would agree about investigating that. Um, I think the other thing that I think we keep touching on is to volunteer for things that you enjoy. Um, because the more you enjoy what you're doing, the more likely you are to become recognized for that and also to become more involved. Um, I think one of the other things is just to talk to other people and consider introducing yourself to others. Um, and that's not always easy. So, so sometimes people really have to be consciously making themselves known to other people and that might take some work, but it's usually worth it. Um, and I found that in allergy immunology, most people, even people who are very well known are very willing to talk to others and um, share their advice about how they became involved or how they became leaders. Um, the other thing is that the academy staff is very helpful. So if you send an email to one of the staff people, um, they're gonna get back to you and they might help you find ways that you can connect with other people as well. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is that we keep talking about um, knowing your interests and joining things you're interested in. Um, but when I've talked to some of the fellows in training or some of the newer allergists or even people who've been doing this for a while still really don't know where their interests lie. And so sometimes just joining a committee and seeing if it's the right thing for you can be very helpful in defining what you want to do and will ultimately help you become a, a better leader in the future. I just want to take a quick second and just follow up on, on what Kate said. That leadership within the academy is so approachable. We are just so lucky in our field that that people that you you read their you know you read their articles and you listen to their lectures, they're actually incredibly approachable. At the meeting, if you need help, they do lots of different kinds of presentations throughout the year for the academy. You know, find ways to get involved and be there because I have found that that I have, there has been nobody that I have reached out to or introduced myself to that has not been anything but gracious and welcoming and wanting to help. Again, looking for that next generation of leaders in the academy is a goal every year. Oh, that's great. I think that's wonderful advice from both of you. And I appreciate you, well, not only being with us today, but just sharing all of your thoughts and perspective on this. Dr. Scherzer, you, we sprinkled throughout just the the variation according to the primary focus of each committee, and you've talked about some of the different projects, but uh, remind us again, if you could summarize, so what what actually comes out of the committee? So what, you know, why should people volunteer their time and what can they put their name to? Do you have any examples of, of those types of decisions or projects that uh, uh, you can share with us? I think that, that that really depends on the committee. So if you look at the committees within the interest section, um, a lot of them do really important work. So within basic and clinical immunology, there is a primary immunodeficiency 
um, committee, and they are working on different projects looking at, at this time, secondary hypogammaglobulinemia and, and you know, how to diagnose and how to treat. Um, so that's, you know, just one example from, uh, you know, a subcommittee. There are education committees out there that are, I'm going to plug the, the clinical rotation committee, that are really working to provide education for um, residents or medical students who are interested in allergy and immunology and are working with someone in our field so that they have a set curriculum um, that they're able to use online with just really good resources through different articles and, and, and different um, resources within the field. So, it, you know, again, within each group, you're going to find that there is um, different things being done um, with a focus on whatever that particular area is. We have an incredible Office of Medical Education that is looking all the time at what resources are out there for the, the Quad AI constituency. So, you know, within each committee, within each working group, there is a focus on whatever that topic is. Um, and sometimes it, it is working on modules. Sometimes it is, it is writing a manuscript or, or, or a, a a paper that, you know, such as secondary hypogammaglobulinemia, um, but it really just depends on that um, particular work group. But uh, each group does important work every year, and, and it is, it, I have not been part of or, or to any committee that hasn't been incredibly active and, and again, wanting to help. And I would encourage our listeners, um, try to pay attention now that you've heard our, our guests talk about this, because sometimes you'll actually see that, whether it's on a work group report or, or other things on the website, uh, you'll see it came out of this committee or that committee, uh, and it'll give you a better sense of the real tangible um, you know, projects that are, are being done on a committee level. Dr. Horner, can you tell us about the intersection meetings that occur as part of the annual meeting each year? You mentioned the, the business meeting, but what actually happens there, and, and uh, what can people look forward to? So each meeting is of the specific committee and it's typically run by the chair and or the vice chair of that committee. And so the agenda is written by the individual chairs, but usually it includes introductions to figure out who else is on that committee and there that day. Um, they'll talk about the ongoing projects such as work group reports, slide sets, other things that we've discussed. Um, they'll usually talk about their ideas for the annual meeting programming. So what are their ideas for sessions that might get programmed? And then also discussion about activities for what the committees will be doing during the year. So it's kind of an overview of the committee activities um, and also introductions for the committee members. So if you were to attend a meeting at the annual meeting, um, you would probably get a good sense of what the committee does, who's on the committee. So it's a great introduction to the committee as a whole. Um, the other thing about the, the meetings is they tend to be smaller and pretty casual. So it's a good way to get to know some people, maybe um, meet a few committee members and introduce yourself. Um, so the other thing about the meetings this year is that they were um, surrounding the annual meeting since it was virtual. So it was a little format this year. Um, we'll see what happens with the next year. Hopefully there'll be some in-person meetings, but um, the virtual meetings were a way to connect to people as well. Mm. And when we are in person at the annual meeting, these are always scheduled at the most convenient times, correct? Yeah, some of them are not scheduled at um, very easily attendable times. Yeah. They can't. <laughs> so for example, when I was a fellow in training, uh, the committee meeting was at 7 a.m. on Saturday. So. 
Um, the, the attendance was not always great, but the good thing is that people that showed up really wanted to be there. So you'll get to meet some dedicated people if you go to these meetings. And another reason to try to aspire to become a chair, because then you can uh, set the meeting time as well, to, uh, based upon meeting room availability. So, <laughs> yeah, the key is availability because they can't um, conflict with any of the scheduled programming, such as plenaries or other things like that. So, <laughs> right, right. Uh, Dr. Scherzer, we've heard a lot about networking and mentorship and projects, uh, but if we can just kind of come back to your call to action for our listeners, why should somebody volunteer their time to get involved? What would you say? I would say get get involved. I would say uh, join a meeting, uh, you know, I'm sorry, go to one of the committee meetings at our annual meeting, join a committee when that call comes out in the fall. You know, it's, it's probably one of those emails that you get that say join an academy meeting and you, you know, some people may open it up and read through it. And some people may not even open up and read through it. We all get a lot of email, but open up that email and think about joining a committee. I can tell you that the relationships you'll make, mentor, mentee, collaborator, and honestly, friends. I have made friends through so many of these committees and it is just such a wonderful way to get to know other people in our field. They are someone that, again, you can do research with, write papers with, hang out with at the meeting, um, call when you need help with an immunodeficiency patient. In my world, that's what I, I use. Um, I've used a, a lot of, uh, of, of the resources that so many different groups around the country have had to offer that I've met folks from those different um, institutions through different meetings within the academy. So, you know, my call to arm would be, you know, get involved. And you, I think you will find that you get so much more back than you ever could give. Dr. Horner, how about yourself? Do you have a call to action for our listeners? So mine's similar to Becky's, but I would say um, if you want to look at the website and look through the list of committees and just see what you think you might be interested in. And one of the things you can do is just email the committee chair on the website or email the staff person that's listed on, on the website. Because I know for me, sometimes I think about stuff and then I don't end up doing it. So if you think you want to join, just send an email. And we'll try and make sure you're you're able to get more information or to actually join the committee. And as we've talked about, you can attend the committee meeting at the annual meeting um, and see if you're interested. Or the other thing is, I would say you can just email one of us. So if you want to email me, I'll help you um, join a committee. And I think that um, a lot of other people are just willing to hear from you and we're happy to help you connect in whatever way you want to. So Dr. Horner will uh, will put her cell phone number in the show notes and home address <laughs> as well. And uh, no, that's great. <laughs> I would probably answer you, but email is probably better. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so, and just to kind of recap what Drs. Scherzer and Horner have stated throughout the the episode so far, um, check out the website. There's wonderful information about the intersections and committees. You can learn more about that. You can actually see the rosters. You have email addresses for the chair and vice chair. Uh, and then pay attention for that, um, that request that'll come out in the fall to join a committee. Uh, and then just kind of go from there. Well, I, I think this has been great so far. And if both of you are up for it over the last couple of minutes here, as we wrap up our conversation, I would like to play a quick game uh, to kind of round things out with both of you. And I'd like to call this game Real or Fake. And I'll ask each of you, we'll go one at a time, we'll start with Dr. Scherzer, then we'll ask Dr. Horner, whether a committee name is real or fake. Are you game for this? 
Sure. <laughs> I'm in. All right. All right. So Dr. Scherzer, you first and then Dr. Horner. Here we go. Number one, real or fake? The Allergic Fungal Respiratory Diseases Committee. Dr. Scherzer? Real. Okay. Dr. Horner? Oh, I have to answer the same question. Uh, yes. I think it's real. <laughs> it is real. I don't have my little my little bell. Ding. You're both right. That's correct. <laughs> the Allergic Fungal Respiratory Diseases Committee is real. Okay, we'll just do three more. Uh, number two, Dr. Scherzer, real or fake? Sports Exercise and Fitness Committee. It's real. It's a real committee. Mm, very confident. Dr. Horner, are you going to? Well, I know this is real because it's within the intersection that I was chair of. So <laughs> I hope that I know that it's real. <laughs> that is real. Very good. All right. Two for two. See, this isn't so bad. Okay, number three, Dr. Scherzer, real or fake? Chronic Allergic Inflammatory Hypersensitivity Committee. I don't think I, I'm not sure I've ever heard of that committee, so I'm going to go with fake. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Horner? Uh, I think it's fake. So you're I hope both, I'm right. <laughs> you're both correct. That is, that's just a Stukas word salad there. You're absolutely right. So that, that committee does not exist. <laughs> but maybe, okay. Dave, maybe you've given, you know, people an idea for another committee. Yes, there we go. The Chronic Allergic Inflammatory Hypersensitivity Committee uh, shall begin meeting in uh, 2022. Uh, okay, <laughs> last one. Real or fake, Dr. Scherzer? Cells and Mediators of Allergic Inflammation Committee. It's real. Dr. Horner? That is a real committee. You are both fantastic. 100%. Well done. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's great. All right. Well, thanks for being good sports on that. I really appreciate it. And as we wrap up, I, I really can't thank you both enough for taking time to join us today. I think this was a very useful conversation. I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. And just the passion that both of you have uh, for the work that you're doing, it just, I mean, it comes across so strongly. And uh, I think it's great. And before we depart, do you have any last words? Uh, Dr. Scherzer, we'll start with you. Thank you, Dave, for, for having this podcast and, and putting this all together. We really appreciate it. Um, it is such an important part of, of, of what we do within the academy. And again, always looking for wonderful people to join committees, join intersections, and get involved. There is just so many ways to get involved within the academy. We're really lucky in our field. So um, I, I second what Kay said. If there's anything I can do to help you, um, I am more than happy to feel free to email me, um, feel free to stop by one of the meetings at the Academy meeting. Um, and we're hoping that we have more to come. We, we are trying to increase interest in the interest sections. Um, so we are looking at ways through um, the, the Impacts Magazine and the Academy um, and possibly even having some kind of, I don't want to know about open house or office hours um, at the annual meeting to help folks who want to get involved and just need maybe pointing a little bit in, in, in the right direction. So um, stay tuned, everyone. Hopefully there's more to come to help get everyone involved within our wonderful academy. Excellent. Uh, Dr. Horner, I'm happy to give you the last words. Anything you'd like to share? Well, I second Becky's um, thanks to you, Dave, for doing the podcast, because um, I feel like you provide a lot of useful information to people um, in the academy and beyond. Um, but what I want to say to our listeners is that getting involved is probably the best thing that I've ever done. Um, and I want listeners to know that you are important and that you can make a difference. Um, so choose something you're interested in and um, make a connection and get involved if you 
have the desire. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. Please visit www.aaai.org for show notes and any pertinent links from today's conversation. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so you can receive new episodes in the future. Thank you again for listening.